0: Welcome to the Humor in Games Podcast, an analog and video games podcast about how humor is experienced, designed, and analyzed in
1: games. We are Scott DeYoung, Mark Laziness, and Andre Zanescu, and we'll be your guides in this six episode series. Throughout each episode, we'll break down different theories and forms of humor. We'll draw on interviews with designers, critics, and academics as they discuss the different aspects of humor, their own lived experiences, and how their work utilizes humor in games. Today we chat with Kyler Kelly Tan, an animator, game developer, and co-founder of Clever Endeavor Games to talk about their popular title, Ultimate Chicken Wars.
2: I'm uh, Kyler Kelly Tan. I uh, originally from Calgary and moved to Montreal, I guess, about 10 or 11 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up being like a big physics nerd, uh, except like halfway through high school I was like, Oh, I've been doing all this 3D animation stuff on the side more and more until I finally like uh, missed some big deadline that I had to do.
0: Right.
2: Uh, so I went to art school and did animation there. Well, I went to art school to learn some art stuff and then came to Concordia for film animation. So studied film animation for three years there. So that was 2D and some 3D and some old school hand-drawn stuff and some digital stuff. Okay, I took a few programming courses, but not too much. Uh, and I left Concordia to do freelance animation for a few years. Okay. 2D art in TV paint and 3D art in uh, Maya Cinema 40, things like that. Always doing a little bit of game stuff on the side. Right. I had some uh, game projects that I did just as a hobby like I, I randomly met a another developer who lived in Israel and we only ever met through the internet right I've yeah. never met him in person and I'm helped do the art for a game called Gamer Mom okay. which is a game about uh you're the mother of in a family and you're trying to convince the rest your daughter and husband to play World of Warcraft with you right <laughs> um so I did the art for that. It was uh, lots of drawings that look like cartoons, kind of.
0: Right, sweet. Were you involved in the design of that at all, or just just the art? Like, was it commissions-based, or...?
2: Um... I don't... I remember that the person I collaborated with, he did most of the design, but I did the... It was just figuring out what the character should look like, and fleshing out a lot of the expressions and poses and stuff.
0: I might come back to that uh, in a bit because yeah. that's interesting. It's something we didn't know, uh, but could be really cool. Your trajectory is really, it uh, seems unique, uh, kind of eclectic in like how you got yep. to making games, which is really cool. It's, uh, um, yeah. And then
2: I guess to get closer to making games, uh, I was involved in like coming to the uh, Royal Game Society meetups when they were happening uh so just kind of like on the fringes of the indie community here right. and at one of those events i met uh richard who's one of the co-founders of clever endeavor right. and he was just kind of scouting out trying to get a team together to start a game company okay. uh, and then he got a few people together and was like can we work together let's test it out let's do a game jam and that game jam was Ultimate Chicken Horse.
0: So Ultimate Chicken Horse is the product of just like a game jam.
2: Yeah, that is it is a pure game jam game.
0: With like additional iteration on it, I'm guessing, or
2: um yeah, like lots of iteration. Like the first version was very janky, but I believe horse and chicken concept art is relatively accurate to what that first weekend game jam was and a few of the blocks maybe the art stuck around of just like the wooden block or something so the art style kind of got figured out extremely quickly
0: wow um so i guess i'm going to jump into chicken horse right away and we'll double back to some of these other questions since we're already at it Um, sure so as as a game jam game like when you guys started so the starting point of this like did it always start as like a, a funny game was it always meant to be like a humorous game
2: uh no like the initial idea was just that that game of horse except applied to yeah to platforming like in my brain it was just mario like if mario mm-hmm. was a game of horse and you set up the level and both people try it and does one person do it and the other person doesn't, and that was really just the root idea that first weekend, and it wasn't it, humor wasn't an intention at that point. Okay. Yeah.
0: At At what point in the design process did humor become an intention, if at all? Like.
2: Um. I'm pretty sure I can remember. Like, the biggest things I remember about being like, oh, this is funny and I have to make it funnier right. were always around the the deaths and the okay. the physics around the death. Because okay. um, most platformer games, you die and then, like, it's time to restart right away. Like, mm-hmm. Super Meat Boy, you touch a saw and it splat. And uh, Mario, you'd fall in a pit and you're just done. Or you hit an enemy and you do that funny... Mario animation, right. death animation. And it's pretty. Like, it's over. It's, whereas in our game, you die and then the game is still going because the other people are still alive. Mm-hmm. So your body has a long time to do stuff if yeah. that's the case. And, like, right. I don't remember when we decided that the body should stay present. Because. Mm-hmm. Um, you certainly could just have them poof away after you die but we left them around and then just funny stuff started happening and then we started tweaking the the physics right. a bit so that the funny stuff happened more okay. so
0: like what what specifically like might...
2: um so some of the big ones like the earliest ones would be the like the arrow shooter when it hits you with arrows right. um, it does a little bit of a knock knockback and the way that that knockback I think there's there's probably slightly different knockback for once your body's dead right and then the way the arrows go in it like if the arrows went in it like pierced your body your little animal bodies yeah. and yeah. did it over and over again in the same way. <laughs> you wouldn't see all of the arrows. So I right. actually like added code that would make them splay out a little bit so it yeah. looks funnier. Yeah. <laughs> um, and things like, uh, what are some other big ones? Like when we did the punching plant. Yeah. The arc that the punching plant punches you in is specifically designed so that two punching plants can play volleyball with you <laughs> if you set them up. Adjacent to each other, and they'll just do it forever, hit right. you back and forth. Um, what other type of stuff would we have done? Uh, it's like the there's the fan that just blows upwards. Um, that's definitely tweaked so that it it works well with dead bodies, right. so that you float around on them, and it looks kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, just, and one big thing was, like, during, like, after the first Game Jam, and once we were becoming more serious, there was a, a time when I had to go very deep into making the animation better. Right. And a big part of that, or a reasonably big part of that, was the death animations of, like, there's, um, there's, like four or five different states that your body can have of like falling down, mm-hmm. flying up uh, on the ground. There's some animations of like the moment of impact when you get hit by something, your body kind of almost looks like it's being electrocuted. Right. Uh, so all of that stuff was very intentional to let the death physics work well.
0: Yes, yeah, so it seems like the physics, like the, the visuals and, and the, the physics of this are very deliberate like very like labor intensive specific uh design what what about like the choices you're making make those particular choices you made funny like what do you think it is about and and they are like as as someone who loves chicken horse like every detail of that produces some kind of like this is funny what what is it do you think that makes um, them
2: funny? there's a, always been a certain um what would i call it what's the term who's what's the name for a person in in a s- comedy who's like the straight man yeah. like I've always tried to like keep the art pretty i don't know about serious or flat but mm-hmm. like I'm not trying to go really exaggerated in how crazy any of the art is. Right. Like, the chicken and the horse and all the characters, they're relatively bland designs Mm -hmm. in some ways. Like, they don't have giant expressions. They don't, like... They don't have big shiny eyes. They don't have pupils. They don't, like... they're They're not, like really expressive um cartoon characters they're like they do express themselves but it's a lot more uh a little low-key i think Mm -hmm. and i kind of think that like there's some i don't know if there's something about like if you keep it a little more serious when all the funny goofy physics start happening it it just plays better like Right, yeah. It wasn't it, the chicken wasn't funny, and then the funny physics happens to it, and now it's funnier in contrast.
0: Right. So, do you think most of the humor in, in Chicken Horse comes from like the the art style or the mechanics or like that interplay?
2: I think most of the humor comes from like the Rube Goldberg Rube Goldberg physics right. outcomes that you didn't expect. Okay. And then it also comes from like the the people playing it like we just provide the tools right for people to make the jokes
1: right
0: which brings me to this of like when you were making those tweaks like where did the feedback come from like was it from like internal testing was it just you guys playing or was it from the game jam did you guys have like beta testers or like an audience that you would play the the game for and then decide like oh that's not funny for them like we're like how are you deciding Um... what what was funny and what wasn't and and
2: So the early days, like we showed the game very soon after the game jam at the Montreal Game Society. And then the audience there just was like laughing and yelling. So we knew we were on to something. And then we did a lot of shows that first year. Like we went to the Montreal Comic Con and I think it was... MIGV, like the Montreal Indie Game Festival right. uh, so we were like going to as many shows as we could and so that was just like every day of those was just playtesting and like right. watching people play and react right. and laugh at it um, once we got to our Kickstarter we had a demo that we put out and so that once that was in the wild a few YouTubers did start playing it okay uh so then at that point we would have started watching them and seeing what was funny and then i don't know how much of it got tweaked like after we put it out if we'd have to tweak it more but i definitely would have been like thinking about if this was in a video would it be funny and then being like satisfied when it actually happened like i'm sure i wanted that punching plant volleyball thing that happened Mm -hmm. so i like made it and then like it happened on a video i was like yes it worked like they 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 fell from my trap of making something funny (laughs) Uh,
0: so um what was the difference for you between watching like the either between the, the different like locales like the conventions or or jams that you were going to different audiences playing the game and then when it arrived on youtube so either the difference between the different places you were showing the game off having those little like localized testing groups was there a huge difference between how different things were received in the game uh in terms of the humor uh between those places and then between those spaces in youtube was there like were different things like a hit as far as the comedy goes
2: i think I think it actually was pretty similar, and I think that's probably why it worked. Right. Like, like the game shows very well at conventions, um, and I think it shows well on YouTube for the same reasons. Right. And I kind of think that like this game hits that target well of like being good to watch, either at a convention or on YouTube, whereas and it, and it does well. Mm-hmm. On the market, whereas there might be other games that like do well on the market, but probably wouldn't show that well, right? On at a convention or at YouTube, because it's more just like one person playing, and like they're really engrossed, but maybe it's not that cool to watch, you or it's example? complicated. Um, <laughs> if you don't, what am I thinking fine. about? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm just thinking about like I don't know some. I don't have a good example, but some RTS or, well, even like something like Overwatch is like overly complicated to watch.
0: Sure.
2: There's just so much going on and it's like you have to know the map and all the characters. So whenever I try and get someone else to watch that who's not a fan, I'm like, they're like, uh, I can't tell what's going on. It's just random colors splashing around. Right. Um
0: it's actually a good time to get to get into this because, like, I, I would, the, my my first introduction to Chicken Horse was watching people on YouTube play it, right? And it was one of those things of like, this is one of the few games I'm watching people play and I'm finding absolutely hilarious, such that I have to get in on this and I have to get everyone I know to sit around this and play this because it's just funny and fun. Right? Yeah. Um, and there's there's kind of a recent phenomenon of like the memeability of a game, like. How how well does this transform into a tweet or into an image that's going to promote the game? Um, Fall Guys is a big one that recently just came out, um, and some games maybe, uh, like you're right to point out, the the joke or even the the overall experience of play doesn't hold up super well, uh, and it's more designed for, you know, the the meme culture of the game. Yeah, was that a consideration when you guys were designing the game? Like how. How repostable is this? How shareable are the funny moments?
2: Uh, it definitely was on our mind, um, and it like trying to make funny things be able to happen was definitely on our mind. Um, I don't feel like we had to modify the game too much to make it fit that requirement, right. and that's probably one of the like the lucky things about the project was just like from the get-go it makes decent content that's just like whereas some other games maybe you'd have to adjust them more to get it to that point mm. um, I'm sure we w- were always thinking about like oh can we get like a replay system or like a button that makes a gif we never got around to it uh, it probably would be a good idea <laughs> it's just like to add some systems to help that sharing happen right? though I don't actually think like there's I think the game is optimally shared on YouTube where you get the whole escalation of like the map going from simple to more complicated right. yeah. whereas sim- just the gifs of it mm-hmm. I don't think they work that well like, right. just a 10-second gif of Ultimate Chicken Horse, it's okay, but it's not amazing. Um, just because, like, the maps can be really chaotic, and if you weren't there for the whole creation of it, it it's a little overwhelming, right. I think. Right. Whereas, like, I remember trying to make trailers, um, and if you just use footage that's just captured from uh real live gameplay... Mm-hmm it's there's no like focal point to anything yeah Yeah. uh whereas in the trailers i'd like make a level it's just like this level is all arrows and like that'll never happen in a real match but for the trailer it's just like it focuses the mind and it's like ah there's arrows in the game right so um so uh, yeah it's i think it it doesn't hit that um i think there's some games that are probably better at being gifs like uh, bridge, what is the one bridge builder? Bridge builder? Yeah. <laughs> or I don't remember the, whatever the most recent really popular bridge game was. That one, like, the fifteen second gif was the perfect export from that.
0: Yeah, because every round of that is basically just that length of sending the thing over the bridge, right? Like, it's yeah, the perfect encapsulation so, of the focus of that game. Whereas chicken horse is really interesting because. Like a lot of what you described in terms of the humor for like your own Im- input to it was like those those little moments where they actually do kind of work as a gift, like the horse getting shot with arrows and getting just yeah. around. But re- like the, there's kind of like the short form joke in Chicken Horse, like the visual gags. But then you do have this really long form um, thing that just gets funnier and funnier as you create this more ridiculous level. And Scott was talking about this too, uh, if he wants to jump in here, of like. You can just build up this really ridiculous thing and a lot of the laughs come from like this level shouldn't exist and is it impossible yeah. to do this <laughs> right and yeah there, there's a thing of, and maybe talking about that in terms of like your promotional strategy around the game not necessarily the meme part of it but in how you're designing trailers and getting this game to, to people's attention without them having sit down to, to sit down and play it first like at a jam in a place where this is exactly what's going to happen it's like how do you try and, and convey like the essence of, of this game the funniness of this game when you're promoting it when it really is such a long form joke often going from like you know between two to ten minutes of play before it reaches like that peak of like this is how funny you're going to find this game if you stick with it but you have to have that investment like how do you how do you do that how do you approach that
2: um i think my like the initial kickstarter trailer that we made um the like that story was like it's a very direct trailer where like i literally just explain the rules of the game right right at the beginning and it's very it's just like this is the rules of the game and this is what happens and then we just escalate the visuals mm-hmm. of like showing a simple level and then a more and more complicated one until right. it's overwhelming um and then i think we used almost the same um the same like escalation of action in the main launch trailer where it just shows the rules very simply at the beginning uh and it escalates mm-hmm. until it's like you're flying into a black hole and there's a million doors and arrows and so that the trailer was decently effective. Right. And then like the thing that we didn't have control over, but that was our marketing was the YouTubers that like they, they told the story with all of their videos mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again.
0: That's super interesting. Do you feel like the trailer was, um, or the, the series of trailers that you've done before the YouTube stuff where you really do get these, these full length plays and people that are more um, acclimated to watching like, in that, in that format, like, do you think they captured the actual, like, way that Chicken Horse is funny, or do you think it was more like a film cut type situation where you're really going for, um, like, you're conveying the idea of this game is funny to get them to sit in front of the game, even though they're not sure necessarily the way that it's going to be funny, right? If you know what I'm getting at, like, in terms of when you're watching a film, the timing is very different often or even like a cartoon or something, right? You have quick cuts. Like the the way the joke is told is different. Do you think you like applied some of that to making those trailers?
2: Um, I think most of the time our trailers wouldn't like, we wouldn't be trying to make them that funny. I think, I think most, mostly we were focused on the like, just can you please understand the game rules right. and like the escalating action, and it'll be hilarious. Like it'll be crazy, but I'm not sure we like. There's a few times where I'm sure we were like, "This is the joke. Please laugh at it." But right. usually it wouldn't be. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's see a little bit. <laughs> Look at my old, the old trailers. Like, I remember there was one trailer that was definitely, like, we're trying to be funny. Right. Uh, Like, the Ultimate Chicken Horse Elephantastic Explosions trailer, where it's just, like, we're showing off that we added little explosions to all the items when they get blown up.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And that one, it's like, we picked music to try to be funny, and it's more like a trailer that's trying to be funny, but... Uh, yeah.
0: So I think I'm going to double back here for a sec to like the long form design because here you're talking about like trying to be funny. And when playing Chicken Horse, it does really read like a game that very successfully is trying to be funny. And in some of the animations and stuff, it's very clearly the case. But now hearing you talk about the trailers, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if like how much in designing it were you actually trying to be funny and like mechanically? Um, because i know you had all these visual flares that that were making the game funny but actually if you're just trying to convey the rules to people and actually just trying to make an interesting game like what was the balance between in in a, a round of chicken horse getting from point a to point b how much are we looking for challenge versus the the platform for you know laughter between the the players or or because of just the animations in the game like what was that balance for you
2: guys um it's a it's heavily tilted towards it being a competitive game right um but then we make a few concessions because things were funny okay it's like like we'll make an exception to this thing being perfectly competitive because it's funny uh, So, like, if we were making a perfectly competitive game, you probably wouldn't want the bodies to influence outcomes that much. Sure. Um, just because, I don't know, just the hardcore players would be like, no, that's too much randomness. But mm-hmm. then, like, we did the thing where you die, and then if your body hits the flag, it's a post-mortem. You get some points. Yeah. It's counts. Right. And that actually does add, an, it's funny, and then it actually adds, like, some levels are impossible unless you post-mortem on them, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that, that, I mean, it's great. it's a great mechanic, too, and it's hilarious. It's, it's like a perfect storm, even, of like, whether, whether it was intended or not to be <laughs> funny or, or whatever it was, it, it's great. Another one that uh, Scott rightly pointed out was the coin um, that isn't... You, like, you just look at the coin and you place it somewhere, and, and in and of itself, it's not like, haha, this is hilarious. And yet, it is the source of so much humor in that game. Uh, yes. Uh, of, of like, like, you see... I mean, could you just talk... Before, before I give my opinion on the coin, can you, can you just talk a bit about the coin, like, where that came in in terms of your design and what you thought it was doing uh, in the Um...
2: Game? Well, that, that's definitely one where it's like, you're going to put that in and you're going to tempt somebody and like, you're, it, you're using it as temptation right. and it's just like, you let the players tempt the other people into something stupid mm-hmm. um, and make it like a race so that everybody has to go after it at the same time as fast as they can. Right. Um, Yeah, that's definitely one where it's like we give it to the players, and it is up to them to to make it funny, and then they they will do it. Um,
0: Almost without fail. It,
2: yeah, <laughs> it's also makes me think of teleporters, um, where we like a big part of the teleporter design is that you only get one, and it's useless at first. Right. And then afterwards, someone else can put the other one down and actually set the path. So it. It makes it a, a collaborative
1: mm-hmm.
2: story. Like you can't just be like, oh, I have both ends of the teleporter. I'm just gonna put this here and this here. That's my plan. You're like leaving it up to the chaos of the group to do something with it. And then it lets them make the story of like, oh, I, I put this the teleporter down and nobody noticed. And now, and now I, I just jump past the whole level.
0: Right. Yeah, and I mean the whole game is is very collaboratively funny, once it's in the hands of the players too, and as a team, um, were a lot of the decisions about like what goes in the game, what it, what isn't isn't funny, the direction you should go, were, were those made collaboratively, or like was there like a top down structure in terms of like this this is funny, but it gets in the way of the competition, so it doesn't of the competitiveness of the game, so it doesn't make the cut. Like, how did you guys decide as a group? what 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 stayed What um
2: there. it's mostly like it probably kind of felt reasonably obvious at the time if something was funny but didn't really fit like i don't remember having to have very big arguments usually it would just be like everyone would see that's funny and be like yeah we'll leave it in like we weren't um like the tone of the game yeah. was always going to be goofy, right. so it was easy to to make those decisions of like it is goofy, so we'll leave it in, even if uh, it's kind of buggy or it won't be perfectly competitive. Sure. sure. Um,
0: what do you think the the challenge? Is? I don't know if you've worked on any more serious games, but I mean, even as being in the audience uh, of at serious games, a player of games in general, um, what do you think the challenge is in making either humor like in a more serious game or just a serious game with a message that might end up being funny inadvertently as opposed to like designing for like a party game or a a goofy game like like chicken horse uh to quote you uh on, on that description of chicken
2: horse so what would the challenges be
0: yeah so in designing um either like kind of more pointed narrative jokes um or to put humor in a game that tonally is maybe a bit more serious in general compared to like chicken horse which is you know the premise is funny uh you know, yeah horse and chicken platforming around um uh, at worst is like oh that's funny right at, at best like as, as you guys have done it actually leads to in concert with all the mechanics something that is really like honestly hilarious uh consistently over time right <clears throat> but like out of that environment, like outside of like a Jackbox situation, where you're providing a platform, um, what do you think the challenges of like creating humor in a more serious game, either as you've designed it or just kind of observed it as a player?
2: Um, I think something that would be hard is if you pick the wrong art style that, um, like I was just reading the like understanding comics by right. Scott McCloud, and, like, in it, there's some section where he's talking about, like, he shows some drawings of, like, very serious things, of, like, a, a still life of apples. Right. And it's a very serious drawing painting. And then you show, like, a cartoon picture of an apple. Mm-hmm. And they just have a very different fundamental feeling to them. Right. And I get the sense that a lot of games, um, just the way engines render things, and just a tendency of 3D art is that you get pushed towards that still life feel Mm -hmm. and it doesn't leave the right room in people's brains to just fill in the blanks and make it funny. Or like, um, whereas just cartoon art, it, I feel like it's, it's like 80% of the way there to being funny sometimes. Uh, But once you like try to 3D render something, it's possible that you'll like get stuck in the uncanny valley and it just won't land right right yeah um so, and go ahead. just another thought would be like if you're trying to make something funny it can't be repetitive like in mm-hmm. like you can't say the same joke over and over again it's just not going to work right. so you it's a very hard thing if you're designing something other than a single playthrough game to put humor in that isn't really player generated
0: yeah it's why do you think that doesn't work for a single player game where and i mean this wouldn't work like ad infinitum but like when i play chicken horse i i have a friend that i play chicken horse with and every time without fail there's like a dead body hitting the flagpole he will laugh, and he's probably seen it over fifty times at this point. Um, and so, I, I'm I'm with you in that like a repetitive joke. You know, it it there's a certain point where it gets old. But like, what do you think it is about? Like maybe the like the the players themselves the the player interaction or something, but it's not even because for him he just laughs when it hits the flagpole. Do you have any insight, and maybe you don't and that 's fine because I don't know there that's <laughs> why I'm asking the question of um, like <laughs> what do you think it is about your game specifically that does that like it's it's a kind of it's a kind of magic to quote Freddie Mercury right <laughs> like
2: um my only guess is that we don't. We don't celebrate a lot in, like, in the game. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff that is very bland compared to what other games do. Like, you touch the flag, and the the character, like, does a little tiny dance. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, fireworks that go off. Mm -hmm. Nothing, barely anything happens. There might be, like, a sound effect. Maybe it's an animal voice sound effect, but it's not a lot. And then you win, and it's like, you're the ultimate animal. Yeah. (laughs) that is it there's no like and i kind of think that if you keep it toned down i think that helps it last longer it's kind of like your friend has to fill in fill in for the the lack of uh, of output from the game it's like well i'll celebrate because the game is is barely doing anything for me
0: i mean it really is it's in terms of like the mccloud understanding comics uh it's the closure, right? If you let the audience do the work, it's, it saves you a lot of, of labor. It <laughs> makes the outcome for you significantly better. You present them actually nothing, the absence of space, and yet the result is, is so good. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It works. All right. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears really quickly, unless either of my two co-interviewees want to pop in and have a question on, on the back of what we talked about so far. Either one. I'll give them a sec to light up their mics. Nope. All right. Um, I'm going to jump to live streaming in a sec, because you talked about, like, YouTube uh, and, and having that, like, really help the game and, and kind of both show the funny side and, and the, the game game side, even though they're, they're connected. But what about live streaming? Uh, like... Do you think live streaming changed the way that humor is being approached in games, just generally? Maybe not even necessarily for Chicken Horse, but, like, what what does the existence and, like, the prevalence of live streaming now do to, like, a design decision? Like, when you sit down to make a game, if anything?
2: Um, what would it do? (laughs) Well, just the first thing was that we did put, like, a live streaming interaction into Chicken Horse. So there's, like, the, the voting thing where the audience can vote on which blocks they want next. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, finding room for that audience to interact would be on my mind making another game. Right. So it's So it's a tricky, like, type of feature because, like, it sounds really good as, like, a... I don't know, you just say, like, oh, your audience can influence the game. And a bunch of games have started doing it, but yeah. I kind of feel like it's... I don't think it helps sell games that much. Right. Like, I don't think... Like, the the audience probably has some fun with it, the streamer has some fun, but it doesn't feel... that impactful. I'm Like, I don't know for sure, but I really don't think streamers are playing more of games because they have audience interaction.
0: Right, it's not like there's... It, that... it,
2: yeah, like maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't. I don't know the. I don't think the top games are just all audience interaction games. No, I mean I so, think
0: that's definitely not the case. But for yeah. a smaller game, like I could see where the boost could come in. Um. Do you, do you think it's important to engage that audience in terms of like humor though? Like i I'm, like, because you think of Chicken Horse as, like it's it's meant to be a multiplayer game, right? And that yeah. already has kind of a. a one of our other interviewees talked about, you know, you add more people, the game gets funnier. And maybe I'll just I'll, I'll, give you that quote and be like, what do you think of that that statement, like, in terms of games? And then in the context of live streaming, like, every time, you have, like, if you're adding those features for an audience, you're technically adding more people into the game experience. So what do you think about that?
2: Um, I wouldn't completely agree. Like, I think you need to have... A reasonable like the four people in chicken horse works pretty well to tell the story of like the longer 10 minute game where like i know that the like the achievement hunters when they play the game on youtube there's usually one guy who always wins and like Mm -hmm. that's become part of the story right and if you just had if you have like 16 people in an ultimate chicken horse game i think it would be too big too many people to really like make any story around anything that's going on not to say i'm like i am interested in the concept of like oh what if you do fall guys style like 60 people playing ultimate chicken horse at once Mm -hmm. um and i'd like to know what what happens right but i i don't know for sure if it would be better or funny right it it might be more of an average of like you just see the average of what all the people do instead of the edge cases sure
0: um what do you think of fall guys by the way
2: um i've started i've played a few rounds (laughs) i've played a few rounds and it's it's okay i'm i haven't been able to like get to the final 20 or anything yet um, mm, right. it doesn't have like I I feel confident that our game is still funnier. I would agree of, with you. <laughs> like, like the especially just because like the levels aren't going to change. Like, right. So if if they put some more stuff, if they had anything that was like level editing, that could be cool. There's another big concept that like has been on our mind about uh, like Ultimate Chicken Horse and why it works Mm -hmm. and part of it is it's a four person platformer on a single screen where there's one camera and you can see everybody all the time yeah and I think there's something very essential about that to making Ultimate Chicken Horse work like if it was a 3D game where everybody was local to themselves Mm -hmm. and didn't see the whole map all the time it wouldn't it wouldn't work as well. And that's, like, a theory we have. There's a little bit of evidence that I think we're right. Like, someone made a a prototype of a kart racing version of that's Ultimate right. Chicken Horse, okay. and we played it. So that means that it's like Mario Kart, you yeah. only see yourself. And, like... It's not a finished game; it's just a prototype. But right, we didn't right. quite feel the magic from it. So right. may- maybe there's something there where, like Fall Guys, you just see yourself, and so it's not that communal experience. Uh,
0: I, I have a question from from Andre here uh, that that builds on this. Uh, do you think it's the more freeform nature of Ultimate Chicken Horse, as opposed to more game show style, is why the game feels like funnier? Uh,
2: um. I do think there is, like, there's a definite, uh, like, we intentionally made the game very, I'd say, calm and flat, right. and, like, the the animals are playing on, like, an abandoned rooftop, yeah. an abandoned farm. Yeah. It's not flashy. Like, there is a lot of flashiness going on in Fall Guys that I think gets tiring after a while. Yeah. Just like if you're gonna play a thousand games of Fall Guys, like yeah. some of that stuff is gonna get a little bit over saturated, kind of like.
0: It's it's actually super interesting uh, for for Chicken Horse because until you told me that it's a very calm style, I actually never realized it. Because when you're actually playing, it's very chaotic, but it's really like mute blues, browns, like dark greens, like.
2: <laughs> yeah like yeah it's a very I don't think there's any fully saturated colors in the game and, and I think
0: maybe part of why the joke is so good uh, allow me to project for a moment <laughs> is <laughs> is because like without even realizing like you're doing this chaotic action over something that is really kind of washed out in a, in a really nice way but like that in itself is hilarious right even if the joke it's not a haha funny thing it's just the ridiculousness that you're constantly in just by watching exactly what you're saying is on the screen the four characters the calm background hopping over this level being built is actually part of like the long form it is kind of repetitive joke because you play it again and again but it's still humorous the whole time Yep. yeah, yeah works super well um so i'm gonna double back to some of these beginning questions now unless for scott or andre do you have any more questions related specifically to chicken horse that i didn't get to that you guys want to want to ask chime in chime in it looks like we're good um all right so i'm going to ask some of these openers that we skipped over because we we slammed right into chicken horse here um what's a game uh, probably not one that you've made, but it could be another one that you've made. Uh, what's a game that you find funny, uh, or what's the funniest thing you've experienced in a game, if you can?
2: Remember. Um, I suspect it's probably like Stanley Parable right. stuff. I think that I there was a long time ago I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that type of like narrator experience like you can it probably only works a few times but that one's very cool because it branches and you want to explore all the options of why they're funny
1: right
2: um that's one that's very like deliberately set up play tested to be just laugh at this moment type of thing yeah um it works but it works yeah uh i like getting over it a lot Right. Um I don't know. I definitely would like put that in the like this is a funny game. At least at the beginning when you start.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: right.
2: <laughs> and then when you make like the big fall and you're like, "No, oh god." That's definitely one that I'd put in there for being a funny game. Mm-hmm. Um
0: What what about it? Was, what what about it was funny? Like what what really brought that out? for you.
2: Um I think it's like the seriousness with which like the game is made. It's just so well animated oh, and the yeah. physics are so good and like I think there's sound effects of like water splashing in the cauldron or something. Yeah. It's like it's really it's well done but then it's just so stupid of what <laughs> you're doing. And then the like the narration over top of it just Right. Even if it's not supposed to be like hilarious, just is a full, package, a full package, package of funny stuff. Of funny stuff yeah.
0: um, On the flip side of that, if you can't think of another one, what's a game that failed at being funny for you?
2: Mm, I'm just scrolling through my Steam library. Maybe something will mm-hmm. jump at me. Yeah,
0: if there's nothing you can think of, that's totally fine.
2: Oh, I remember I got a giant laugh out of Psychonauts. Uh yeah.
0: where? Remember where?
2: <laughs> it was like when at some point some one of the guys is like it's like the very smart instructor and he like sees a lamp and he's like so tacky oh my god he just like can't deal with how tacky a certain lamp is because he's like super minimalist i just remember that joke hitting well
0: so i think i'm gonna double back to get over it for a sec and and wonder like what do you think the balance is between and chicken horse has this too and you kind of touched upon this of humor and the frustration of a game because we've been finding that they kind of uh they they walk a fine line between each other at times uh whereas like things are gonna be hilarious but also extremely frustrating get over it maybe being the the prime example of like this is really funny until the moment it's not and there's a big flip there right i was wondering if you had any comments on like on that Um,
2: that's definitely I don't know if it was intentional, but it's definitely like if you're getting frustrated in Chicken Horse and you die, you're at least happy to see what happens to your body, and it's funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like.
0: So it's a diffusal mechanism. It's yeah,
2: like yeah. it's because often people make impossible levels and they can't beat them, and it could very easily become frustration, but then it's diffused by mm-hmm. by that.
0: Have you f- seen it in in all your observations of either YouTube or, or in person? Have you seen that that tactic maybe not work? Or has it always the- seemed to do the job of like either the other people playing diffuse like the the dead player? Maybe someone has failed a bunch of times in a row? Like has it always worked in your in in your experience watching the game or even playing chicken horse?
2: Um I think it almost always works like I'm sure there's some people who are too serious and like get upset about losing. Um, And that's just like a level we can't cope with. But most of the time I think it works pretty well.
0: Um, So one more uh, general question. And this is more, more of a, it's an opinion. It's going to sound like we want you to give us a really big definition, but it's kind of just like your own philosophy towards, towards humor which is like um what is humor for you how do you feel like humor works and that like what do you think um And this this could go back even to like because you studied film as well. Like you yeah. probably have a very solid background of like humor in different mediums, like film, games. I mean, even just physics and, and science in general. Like stuff, funny stuff exists there. what um, like, I what guess do you think? like
2: it. It seems like it's usually when it's something that is unexpected and interesting. Like. Something that's just unexpected won't be funny. But if it's unexpected and there is something interesting about it, then then it's funny. Um, Like I don't know why this is flashing my head, but I imagine like if I find out some physics fact or something or some math fact, it's like, and it's just something I would never have expected. Like I don't know. There's some. There's a. YouTube channel 3 blue 1 brown or something okay. like a math math guy and there was this video about like cubes bouncing on frictionless surfaces right. and if you count the number of bounces between the cubes it makes pi and it's just like that's funny because yeah for, what what pi is in the bouncing of cubes what are you talking about mm-hmm. this doesn't make any sense so it's unexpected and interesting and it's like why is that um so then like most jokes i could or like most funny things in games i think could almost be connected to that right yeah somehow like something happens that's unexpected but then it has more depth than just being a loud sound yeah, or something. Not,
0: it's not just the exclamation point over your head. It's the exclamation point and the question mark together. I mean,
2: yeah. So like it's those like those you things. get, you know, like in the ultimate chicken horse, you get punched by the punching plant and then you get whipped around a black hole and then something else happens. Mm-hmm. So it's like that Rube Goldberg machine exactly. is the, it's that interesting thing that's happening.
0: Yeah. That's great. Um, I think I covered all the, the, the basic questions. We're going to ask you one more before we wrap it up. Uh, last chance, Andre Scott, is there anything else you wanted to throw in here?
1: Yeah, actually, it's actually a question that I went to ask earlier, but your cat was meowing and I didn't want to send into the mic. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, But I was curious for... Because, I mean, Chicken Horse has been around for a while now, and you guys have consistently added new characters and new features into the game, um, where you've gone from, you know, just the initial, I think, four to now six or seven, uh, eight, maybe eight characters that players can choose from. And so, like, have there been discussions around, like, specifically how you want to keep the design and aesthetic as you added both new mechanics and characters into the game? And has humor been incorporated in those conversations?
2: Um... I think it when I think about it and just the definition I just gave of like you wanna put unexpected and interesting things in um whenever we add like a new character, it's always like well, what character is far outside the pre like what we already have, so like the last one we added was snake, so it's like well, there's a completely different character it has no limbs, and Mm -hmm. how's it going to move around? How's it going (laughs) to dance? So then it's like a bit of a harder thing to answer. Like, every question about it is a little bit harder than just like, oh, we could put a cow in, and then that wouldn't really push any edges of the game. And then the same type of thing happens with the new items or levels that we put in, where it's like is this just a replica with a new skin of an old block or is it a fundamentally new design and will it make new jokes? So like we added the beehive and that was like, okay, how many, we can imagine like so many jokes that can go into that of like, okay, you scare the bees and then you run around the level with the bees following you and then the bees kill other people. Right. So that's like the main joke that you can tell with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we probably spend a long time figuring out the exact rules of like how a beehive works so that it is funny, because there's a bunch of different ways that you could have the bees follow the first person, and then maybe the bees somehow get transferred to following someone else, or what happens when the first person dies. So there's a bunch of little edge cases that you have to figure out. And in general, that one we would just guide. It's just like... Which thing kind of makes sense and is the funniest? Um.
1: In, the, in the same manner, um, yeah. I, I'm kind of just curious if you guys ever talked about like humor and then the algorithm in which these pieces come up. Because I mean, like the some of the blocks and stuff are are mainly there to be building blocks so the level can actually function. Um, whereas, like you know, other ones are definitely meant to. Bringing that, like, where you're laughing with your friends because they got shot by a crossbow bolt or hit by a, a tennis ball comet, and so I'm curious if, like, you guys actually, for the dropping of like the rates in which, you know, those more humor-based game pieces or the more, I guess, fun in in air quotes, uh, <laughs> game pieces to come up, like, was there an actual discussion on how often we want to make these things prevalent? Like, you mentioned the teleporter a bit and how you intentionally made it so there was never two at the same time. Um, but I was wondering if you guys had like actual conversations about that piece.
2: Well, so the... Um, the algorithm for getting new blocks is based on more of, like, a player success. That, like, we don't want the game to devolve in everybody winning or everybody losing for too long. So then, if everybody's losing, then we start to give easier pieces and some bombs. And we just define easier as in, like, a simple platformer. Like, a simple platform is easier than a spinning saw. But then if everybody's succeeding too much, then we start giving more and more deadly items to help end that and hopefully get it so that just one or two people get to the end instead of everybody. Um, In terms of, like, the actual humor of the algorithm, I don't think we thought about that too much um in the back of my mind one thing that's been rolling around is like as the game gets bigger um the selection of items is so big that i kind of am worried that at some point uh they'll just be too much on the screen at once of like too many right. different items yeah. and i have thought about like maybe at the beginning of a round it secretly disable some stuff so there's less uh, potential options and that that round would be kind of like uh, it's a little skewed towards more arrows so it's kind of like an arrow level but we never have implemented that Uh, it's just something I ponder that might be needed if we have too many items
1: yeah no that's helpful thanks and if you I had one more question if you don't mind Uh, I know we're no problem The last one was actually just around the level design. I know that you guys kind of were going on the idea of, like, you make your own platform. But I think back to, like, one of my favorite levels, which is just the bridge, where, like, overplaying it, you kind of slowly destroy your, your path, and you have to either preemptively think ahead of time to make it or not. Um, but a lot of the maps have, like, very distinct ways that they've, they've been approached for, like, kind of how players need to play them out or will end up playing them out. And so I was wondering kind of what conversations around humor and the actual design of the level kinda of went into it and also the fact that you kind of you kinda of have a slight narrative for some of them, right? Like there's like a farmhouse scenario in one of them. Or like, you know, you have like the factory which kinda of has this like um you know, you're you're pulling on things that players might be able to relate to.
2: Yeah. Um for the example of like the crumbling bridge, that definitely is one of the cases where like I had the vision of um like everybody's gonna destroy the thing they need. It's like the mm-hmm tragedy of the commons that right. these people, like, the players are definitely going to destroy the whole bridge very soon, and they're going to laugh about it. <laughs>
0: it's even funny just to hear you talk about it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, yeah, so, I don't remember, like, I usually the levels are a little bit of, like, one person will have the idea and then present to the team and be like, and then we'll agree or disagree that like that's going to work for a level. Mm-hmm. And then usually lots of playtesting to to see if it actually is a fun level. Um so yeah, like the the peer with the big wave that comes in, that's just a an obviously funny story to us. Mm-hmm. Um though we tend to find that I th- think the levels that are a little more open have I would guess have longer longevity. I'm not sure if our yeah. stats say that, but just like um, Jungle Temple with the big boulder that comes through. Right. It's a very good story, but I don't know exactly how many times you want to see the same thing over right. and over again. Yeah, um, Yeah, they do get a little more gimmicky as, you, as we've gone on of like... Um, yeah, I wouldn't want like every level to be the the jungle temple where there's a big boulder and it's just always gonna play out the same way.
0: Yeah, especially when the core of the game is so strong. Like I mean, I know for myself, the simple levels I think make for the best because it's what the players do, but
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um Scott, you good with
1: that? Yeah, it's good. I just because every time I play that bridge level I spend the first round just hopping on all the blocks near the front to break them all. <laughs> 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 I just laugh at how like ridiculous it is but it's like the only level where I find whenever I play it I'm actively like my my play behavior has actually changed while the other ones it's very much like okay how am I going to kill everyone but this one is like I need to destroy this first and then I can kill everyone and it, I don't know I <laughs> appreciate like the for it so I'm just curious about it
2: Do you guys play with the the modifiers very much?
1: No I don't I have it gets really crazy really fast
2: Yeah <laughs>
0: Maybe we do later. Sky wanna put some chicken arms later. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <man. laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna do the wrap-up. Um we we have one final question, which is is there anything we didn't ask you that you were hoping we would ask you? Um Let's see. Or if you have like a humor in games manifesto that you've been sitting on for a few years that you really want to get out there, like you can do that now also.
2: Well, I guess just one thing that came into my mind that we didn't bring up is the scoring system. Right. Uh, Just we reward players specifically for being for things that are funny. And I think that also helps where it's just like you get rewarded for the traps and the postmortems and yeah, all that moral, stuff and i think yeah. so like we actually do directly feed into the humor and yeah. like it is actually incentivized so i don't know if that actually changes things i don't know if that's part of what makes it funny but there's maybe it is
0: i, I mean i would say uh, if that wants, to, if that's your end point for this. I, I would say so many things in in that game that go right to make it good and funny. Like all of it, the the all the little choices you made, and it's not like hearing you talk at the beginning of this about like all the little details in the animation. It's it's no surprise that there's that level of thought going into all of it for a game this good. Like just you know? one
2: one funny thing is that like. I'm slightly surprised to be, like, I was like, oh, a humor in games podcast. I guess, I guess our game is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we, it really, like, it wasn't on our mind of like, oh, we're going to make the funniest game anyone's ever played. It just happened.
1: That was our interview with Kyler. Thanks again to the Tag Lab for supporting this series and thanks to you for listening.